Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a brand new series to celebrate the symposium launch, a virtual gymnastics educational event hosted by Shift, June 10th to June 12th. Introducing the Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Nick Ruddock. This week's mini podcast episode is another of the 2022 Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Nick Ruddock. Nick is a high-performance consultant who has worked with over 22 nations around the world from club level all the way up to Olympic level. He will be presenting on day two of the symposium, giving two lectures, one on front and back handsprings all the way through to layouts, and a second discussing everything you need to know about front and back twisting progressions. And I always think about, you know, how we can be more efficient with our time. Think about a Formula One team. That's what I always think about. You know, these are the these are at the cutting edge of high performance. And think about a pit stop. Uh, you know, every single nanosecond matters about how quickly they can change those tires, you know, get someone in and get someone back out again. And OK, that's again, that's at the very extreme end of the spectrum. But think about the accumulation of those um, of those 20 second, 30 second gaps throughout a training day a training week, a training month, a training year. Now, these are really where the competitive advantages lie because when you go to high-performing environments and high-performing clubs, you'll notice that there isn't much empty time. Mm. If, you, if you watch one athlete instead of a whole group, you'll notice that that one athlete is always moving. There's always activity. They're always doing something. You know, So that's off the bar, straight to the chalk, chalk up, do an exercise, back to the bar. It's, it's continuous. And mm. I really encourage coaches to do that, to watch how one athlete works as opposed to just thinking there's loads of activity Activity happening because there's a group yeah it's really you know if you've got 10 kids of course it's going to look like there's activity you've got 10 bodies but just watch one of them and see what how much one of those athletes is actually getting done and it will paint a different picture most of the time mm. so you know teaching them to be efficient you know the bar never allowed to be free for more than a few seconds you know you know not repeatedly going to the chalk bucket every single turn if they've only done a few swings you know these kind of I hate to use the word rules, but that's what they are. They're kind of, you know, the rules in place to make sure that you get the most out of that time. Mm. I think it's super important. Yeah, I just find I, that, yeah. you know, we all know that you, you've got to build a house on, on solid foundations, but most people are, you know, they're trying to build the hot tub before they've even put the concrete down. You know, they're, they're thinking about like, let's get to the double backs and the exciting stuff and the release and catch. It's like your kid can't giant yet. Mm. You know, is, is the head in and the giants, is, are the arms straight? Are they shifting the wrist properly? Like all of these things, which are, okay details but they accumulate they, they matter and so yeah a, a massive competitive advantage this one in, in, a, in a day and age where actually no one's got any secrets because let's be honest everyone knows what everyone's doing sure you know sure. If, if anyone's got a drill they want to share it <laughs> so, so everything's being shared it's like we know what happens in, in every corner of the world technically you know it's just easy stuff to access so if that's no longer a competitive advantage what is yeah it's, i absolutely sorry go ahead no, I'm just going to say it's 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 going to be these um, the things that have been around for ages. Being mm. patient, it's it's you know it's it's ironic because it's like the best way of expediting learning is actually to go slowly. Mm. You know, mm. so rather than rushing early and then slowing down when they hit puberty and beyond, we're doing the opposite thing. We're going slow to start with in order to speed up later. Mm. And and that's where I think it's it's uh, well a, a massive opportunity for so many clubs. So, I've asked yeah, an athlete I... to do this and they've given me something else. Okay, cool. Right. What's, what's next? What's the next kind of um, tool that I've got in my toolbox? And it could be something as simple as say, as literally just saying to them, you know, I loved what you tried to do right there, but I just, on your next go, I just need a little bit more of X, Y, and Z. Okay. Sure. 
you know that now that to me is 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 a very different way of packaging up me basically saying keep your head down. But if you're just saying you, you threw your head back, keep your head down, look at the floor, you know, over and over and over again, then yeah, of course, that's probably not going to work with the athlete. If you say, you know what, I love that. That was awesome. Just on the next go, just see if you can look at the floor for a little bit longer before you flip. Now, I've delivered mm. that same information, but I've done it in a quite engaging way. Mm. You know, I've told them that that I love it, even if I didn't sometimes, you know, tell a little white lie just to get them on board and create that rapport. Um, but it's 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 packaged up in a much better way, uh, you know, a way that's been received well. Now, if the athlete fails to do it again, which probably is going to be the case because, you know, failure happens a lot in gymnastics. I'll just be honest with the athlete. I say, look, that wasn't quite what I'm looking for. Okay, come with me. Let's just do an exercise to make sure that you really understand what I want you to do with your head. Mm. And it might be a simple preparation or drill, might be a standing back tuck. And if they get it right, straight away, I'll say, yes, that's exactly what I want. Mm. Okay, did you feel how your head was down as you were flipping over? You know, what did that feel like? You know, it's, I'll be honest, Dave, it's not complex. It's just talking to them like they're human and probably probably working a bit harder at it because it takes a lot more energy to do that than it does for me to just say your head was out keep your head down no that wasn't right aren't mm-hmm. you aren't you concentrating why aren't you listening you know that stuff is it's quite lazy coaching and me taking the time to nurture the relationship you know do an intervention with the athlete you think about the words that i'm using it it's harder that's just the reality of it it's harder it takes a lot more conscious thought yeah multiply that by 10 kids that's challenging exhausting yeah that's exhausting you know but it becomes your default approach to coaching which is where i'm at you know like i don't have to necessarily think hard about and i'm, I'm not there scratching my head again right how can i be positive today you know because you you embody that as a philosophy sure and, and if you embody that as a philosophy every single day then that just becomes the way that you coach it's not it's not that you have to necessarily consciously think about it anymore it becomes subconscious um mm. You know, a lot of clubs are trying to do too much and they're trying to do too much because they've got so many options these days of what they could do because of the way that we're, we're sharing videos and social media and content. We are the um, gymnastics drill buffet is out there. There you go. It's a great way of putting it. And it's, it's fun, right? Because it's like, wow, I want to do that. That looks cool. That looks cool. That looks cool. That looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up doing everything and actually all the drills are actually great. You know, there's a lot of amazing stuff being shared on social media, but you don't need A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. You just might need A, C, and E and you can get to the same point. In fact, the better prepared the athlete is, the less drills that you need to use in the first place because they've just got good fundamentals. They move well. Um, they've been taught slowly and technically. You don't need a zillion drills, right? So, you know, we've talked a lot about addition by subtraction, you know, making a program better by taking stuff out as opposed to thinking about what do I need to put in? Mm. And that does seem to be the reality for me for a lot of clubs that I, I, I travel and work with, um, you know, and athletes. Like they're just trying to do too much. And because of that, they do a lot of things at an average level, whereas they'd be better off, let's say, taking a third of the program away, even 50% of it, and working on that final 50%, but being able to raise uh, raise their standards on it. Because you get good at whatever you spend quality time on. Mm. If you can't spend quality time on something because you're doing too many other things as well, everything gets compromised. I mean, we know that as business owners, the, the gym owners listening to this will know that because they're coaching as well as managing a gym and, and their staff and dealing with parents. You end up doing everything badly because you're doing so many things, right? Mm. So let's just kind of simplify and reduce and just give your athlete, just leave the bare bones of what they need, not what you want them to do, not what looks nice, not what's mm. like attractive and shiny, but what the, the athlete actually needs. You'd be able to cut an awful lot of stuff out. Mm. Uh, and again, it you know, it comes down to experience, like knowing what a fluffy exercise is and, and what uh, an exercise which is necessary. And when I say fluffy, I mean one that just looks cool, but it's just totally unnecessary. Mm. And the internet's full of them. 
Yeah. You know, and, and and unfortunately, as coaches, we tend to be magnetized towards stuff which looks cool. Mm. But the reality is you just you just don't need much of it. And I think actually a lot of people, they'll watch me coach and they'd be quite surprised about how basic it is. It's just like, well, this isn't complex. Yeah, it's not. I've, I've worked, you know, the, the smarter you become, the more you simplify and, <laughs> sure. and the less stuff that you do. Yep. You know, as opposed to when you're um, when you're first starting out, you want to do everything, yeah, do everything absolutely. bad. Yes. Now, yeah. a Muhammad Ali quote that I'd like to share with you here, I think is a great one, is that it's not the mountain ahead that wears you out. It's the stone in your shoe. And I always think about that. You know, it's not the complexity of the movement or the, you know, the big double back somersault that's going to be the problem. OK, that the athlete can handle. The stone in the shoe is their inability to be able to keep their legs tight. You know, it's their... Um, it's their round off, which, you know, which isn't giving them enough acceleration to get to that part of the skill. You know, there's there's normally these little stones that are just kind of holding us back. And it comes down to that remedial coaching again, that we spend too much time fixing stuff. You know, all, all of these concepts, of course, are linked. So physical first, make your athlete strong, go slow at the start, and they will be able to go far on their journey afterwards. Mm. Yeah, we've, we've got to have that knowledge of understanding what a high standard is, right? You know, clarity precedes mastery. But if you don't have the development, if you haven't had the personal growth to understand those things, then how can we hit that benchmark? You know, if we don't know what it takes to win or what, what gold standard looks like, we're never going to achieve it. Mm. And I think the reality is, and there are a number of reasons behind this, but a lot of coaches that want to be involved with high performance have never been in a high performance environment. Mm. You know, they, they think about it, they dream about it, but they, they are in their four walls all the time. And, and that happens because of the way that gymnastics is. It's very time intensive. We don't have an awful lot of time to travel and to go to other places. But really, that's what we need to do. If we want to be high performers in gymnastics, we need to go to an environment which is already high performing. We need to you know, learn, well, what's the intensity of these athletes? How, how quickly are they training? What, what reps are they doing? What exercise selection is it? How do the coaches communicate to the kids? Like, That's surely going to be the best way of actually learning is actually being in that environment, seeing, breathing, and hearing it. And mm. so numbers number eight is just about growth. Just continually invest time, even if it's just a small amount every single week. It accumulates just like a small amount of handstand time. It's going to accumulate over a day, a week, a month, and a year, and your competitive advantage will be massive. Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. A reminder that this is your final chance to get early bird pricing for the 2022 Shift Symposium ending today, 31st of March, 11.59pm Eastern Standard Time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests do you want to have on in the future? And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it. And uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.